Hello and welcome to Beers Without Frontiers, episode 11. Um, today I'm joined by Vicky. Hello. And Charles. How are you doing? And we're over in Coventry today at Beer Gonzo, bottle shop and tap room in the Earlsdon part of the city. Uh, today we'll be talking to Coventry's newest brewery, Mashinistas, based here in Earlsdon. But first, what have we got in our glasses? Um, got Charles? Yeah, it's a very, very kind of, of, of the, the guys to buy us a beer. And I'm starting off with a Pilsner. Cloudwater autumn winter pilsner, 5.2%, very clean, crisp, drinkable, just what I need for lunchtime on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, there you go, Sunday lunchtime yeah. pilsner, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I've yeah. got even more sensible for a lunchtime, I've got the, the two and a half percent dark hot from from Weirdbeard, which is dark mix milk ale. Uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't taste like two and a half percent. A lot of flavour in that, yeah. yeah. definitely punching above its weight, so yeah. it's good. Good stuff, good stuff, yeah. I'm on the same with the Midlands, uh, Black Iris. Um, this is Endless Summer Session IPA, and um, yeah, it's uh, a good start. It says on the tin, yeah, it's, it's a good start to the afternoon. Hello, I'm Flo from Mashinistas, and I'm drinking the breweries out of the lunchbox, which is a um, fruit sour made. Is it a sour? A fruit beer made with um, peanut butter to evoke um, lunch t- American lunchtimes of peanut butter jelly sandwiches. It's lovely. Wow. Uh, and I'm Simon, I'm from Mashinistas, and I'm drinking the Cloudwater uh, Small Citra BBC Pale, uh, 2.5%, which is packed full of flavour, um, delicious, but um, I think the strength of it is just right for now. Yep, yes. <laughs> Staying sessionable uh, this time of day, yeah, good, good choice, good choice. So obviously, yeah, it's been a few weeks since um, we last recorded, and in the meantime, we've had some hoppy excursions. Um, Charles, I, I believe you was down in London, was it last week? I was going to say, you, you probably had more excursions than me recently, but I did happen to go down to London Way last week and went down to the Hackney Wick, which is obviously very, very good upcoming area, as we know. Um, visited a couple of new places for me, which was the Experiment, which is Verdant Pressure Drops new tap room, which is on Bohemia Place, which is a unit, you know, trading state, which, you know, um, pressure drop of have had for a while. Oh, didn't they used to brew there and then they moved elsewhere? Yeah, well, press dropper on the same industrial estate as Beaver Town. Oh, oh they're next to Beaver Town, aren't they? That Tottenham Hale. Lockwood industrial estate, so they, they own that. And their previous brewery sort of setup was in this part of Hackney Wick, and now Verdon have kind of, you know, basically gone in with them, I think. Set up a joint tap room, yeah. yeah. So it's called the experiment, and yeah, just basically split halfway between food and pressure drop in terms of beers offerings and things like that so oh, good stuff um, was really impressed with one of their beers called Photon Trails which was a which is their ever evolving sort of pale ale series and this was Simcoe and HBC 431 which mm-hmm. was a really really nice example of Simcoe real clean zesty yeah I really enjoyed that and then headed across to a place called Pembury Tavern, which was a recommendation from the guy from Pressure from the experiment. And it happens to be Five Points Brewing's That's their, that's their kind of tap uh, house in a way, isn't it? Although it's not yeah. joined to the brewery, it's it's their... Um, they, they kind of took it over, didn't they, from yeah, the people so previously? It used to, I think it just used to be an old pub, and they took it over, and it's, it's basically, as you said, kind of like their tap room real good pizzas on, on offer there and yeah they were releasing a beer at the time which is a fruity pale ale called Jupa uh, so I tried that with the pizza and yeah it was really good stuff and then just headed back to beer merchants and talked a bit of the rugby and 
that was kind of the day, really. Yeah. So yeah. Good, good day good, out in good, London. Good kind of beery day. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, about yourself. Well, we were up in Sheffield last week uh, for a gig. So uh, whilst you're in Sheffield, check out places. Um, so we went to Hop Hideout, which is a bottle shop in Sheffield, um, who basically have got a great range of beer in there. Uh, they've got um, it's like a tap room as well. You can sort of drink in there. They've got I think five uh, tap lines in there as well, and uh, picked up a few cans for later. Um, yeah, unfortunately so, we were in the car, weren't we? So we couldn't uh, take advantage of the tap lines, but um, but yeah. it did mean you could take more home with you. Well, yeah, Absolutely, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got hold of some rogue stuff that uh, has only just started showing up back over here again after a bit of a break. And uh, what else did we? Did you had you know, that one quite recently, didn't you? The, you tried quite recently. Yeah, last night we tried the hazelnut um, brown nectar, mm. which um, it's good, but I don't remember it being as good as it was before in bottles. You've had, you had it before. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it used to be an annual release it used to come out you know autumn kind of release every year and uh, I think we first tried it in Brewdog probably about five years ago it was a really really good hazelnut kind of brown beer uh, and we, we just thought it was fantastic so we uh, we always wanted to track it down and haven't seen it for years so then it turns up again in cans and we like get it but then it's it's but it's one of these things then is like we tried it last night. I was like, mm, is it as good as we remember? Have our tastes moved on? I do you know? think beer tastes different in cans to bottles, though. Mm. I do well, think it does. I might imagine, it might just be entirely psychosomatic. Maybe I imagine it, but I do think often it tastes different. Yeah, yeah it's, well, there's been a lot of that argument recently since uh, Thornbridge started canning Jaipur recently, and everybody's like, is it different in the cans? Is it different in the bottle? All this kind of big discussions and stuff like that. Um, but wasn't there a discussion that Thornbridge were using different ingredients for the... They use a different yeast for different yeast, right? the, uh, as opposed to the cask version, yeah, ah, okay. which we only found out when we went to Peak Ender. Uh, that, that wasn't a widely known kind of thing. Um, so that was interesting. And then we found out that they're, um, they're actually using Four Pure to uh, can their beers because their canning line's not up and running yet. So these little things that kind of creep out and you, you find out or whatever. So, yeah, the Rogue thing, slight letdown on the hazelnut brown nectar. Um, but the other ones we picked up was a couple of uh, beers from Brew York, um, one of which was the Rue Barbara Streisand. So we had a Cock and Key Festival, yeah. Awesome oh, beer. my friend says that's amazing, it is. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. It's, it's a kind of milkshake IPA with a really dominant raw rhubarb kind of... Is it an IPA? Is it an IPA? It's classed as milkshake IPA, yeah. But there's, there's not a great deal of bitterness going on there. It's kind of more milkshake than it is IPA. Um, <laughs> we all remember the rhubarb and custard sweets. Yeah, yeah. yeah it tastes like them. Exactly yeah. like that. It's just Lovely. like a beer version yeah. of rhubarb and custard sweets. I mean, who wouldn't like that? Yeah. It's an interesting After. concept. Yeah. yeah. And that, having had that recently on um, draft, then and then going to the can, that did taste the same. So that okay. one was all right. So yes. Yeah. That yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, and the following day we went out to Manchester for another gig. Uh, we didn't go home in between, obviously. We wouldn't go from. <laughs> and um, yeah, we nipped into Manchester and managed to try the place we couldn't try the other week when we was at um, Indie Man weekend, which was uh, Beatniks Republic. I've opened their tap room now in Manchester. Um, they've got a real colourful tap room. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, um, and, and ironically, they've got a twisted barrel tap takeover on there. So we turned up in Manchester. It's like, oh yeah, loads of Coventry beers. Uh, so. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice place there. So, so where's that in relation to some of the other places we've got? It is in the same street as the Northern Monk, New Manchester. It's bar. basically on the corner, isn't it? Yeah. Of that street where um, the Northern Monk 
So you didn't have a trek across the city or anything? No, no, it was really quite... Very convenient, yeah. Two minutes walk from... Bundobust, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, once again, we couldn't get into. So, handy tip for anybody wanting to go to Bundobust in Manchester on a Saturday. They told us three days' notice to, to, to get in on a Saturday now. It's that busy. So, there you go, pre book. Yeah, we also went into Northern Monk Manchester Bar as well because it's there and had potentially one of my biz of the year which is the Northern Monk's own Celestial Motion IPA so this, this is the follow up to Infinity Vortex yes came out earlier in the year is that right yes yeah. uh, so it's a patrons it's a patrons project yeah and it's quite sweet for an IPA and um, it's yeah just damn good so damn their good. patrons project they do sell to the general public as well then I, oh yeah yeah, okay, yeah so I it's kind of thought their patrons project was like you subscribed and only the patrons got it well there is no. there is a subscription yeah just started that haven't they but no otherwise the, I mean there's cans in, in, in here uh, yeah okay. they're, they're the great ones with like the double peel off labels so you take the top label off and you find more information underneath it. Cool. It's it's a really interesting concept. And yeah. They've rolled out some really good beers actually. So the yeah. ones they've got here are great. So. Yeah. So a lot of collabs within the patrons project as well. Well, they're all collabs to a degree, in as much as they work with photographers and artists and stuff like and that. Other breweries as well. And then another brewery as well. Yeah. So it's fully collaborative. Ethics, yeah. Really. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, that was that was definitely uh, a high point of uh, uh, visit there. So and then after the gig, we went to our favourite place, Cafe Cafe, Cafe Beer, Beer Moss. Yes. And, uh, that was where I had my uh, standout beer, which was the Apple Strudel Doppelbock, and that mm. was absolutely it was. Um, that was a Dutch yeah, brewery, wasn't it? Dutch I'm brewery. not going to ask it you to was, pronounce it. Did you have a cheese board again? We didn't. No, not yeah. at midnight. No. no yeah. <laughs> midnight cheese board. Yeah, absolutely. No. It, I didn't need a cheese ball when I got an 11% uh, doffle bot, you know. It was, <laughs> was it loaded with cinnamon then? Was it like yeah, apple pie? Apple, apple it was absolutely like apple pie. It was like that. It was just amazing. But what was it you say, 11%? 11%. Yeah, it's my kind of beer, that is. Yeah, it's, it's your nightcap beer, which is <laughs> what we do. It's my lunchtime beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the so. brewery was Het Jays are wise in Dutch yeah. usually. Oh, you say, I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah. U I L T J E. Right. Anyone wanting yeah. to seek that out? Yeah. 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 No, that um, was no, that was an amazing beer. Yeah. So uh, there you go. So that was our little trip to Manchester, fitting in some good beer amongst uh, gigs and stuff like that. We are here, as we said earlier, with Coventry's newest brewery. I guess you'd say you are. I think so. I think yeah. the newest brewery. I don't. I couldn't swear to it because you never know someone else might be popping up but yeah. I think so and yeah. we're launching in December so I reckon we could for a bit claim to be the newest brewery couldn't we okay so you yeah so you're officially launching next month but obviously you've been setting up for for some time what what are your kind of roles obviously there's, there's three of you in the setup what what do you have defined kind of roles and stuff uh, like I that I think we, yeah we have I mean we're um, unusual in as much as yeah there are defined roles to some extent but actually we've agreed that everything will be kind of um, uh, totally agreed and done in, in unison kind of thing so yeah. um, so decisions around design and around what we'll brew are done together but I would say so I, I my, my background is marketing I, I am a brewer and I have brewed yeah. uh, as a home brewer but um, yeah so I would say I'm more on the marketing end Simon I would say you're more on the technical end would you say yeah so we um the three of us kind of decided to start up um, Machinese is all with an interest in uh, in brewing um, and as Flo says from slightly different angles uh, she and John are very creative and have tried some uh, created some 
um, very interesting beers uh, brewing from with everything from maple syrup to seaweed. Oh wow! Um, uh, I'm perhaps a little bit more traditional. I do love a uh, an IPA, mm-hmm. um, and we decided to get together and um, basically take the next step in terms of our hobby. So I think it's probably fair to say we're still, to a large degree, a hobby brewery, um, but we are commercial. We wanted to take the step up, um, a to get slightly larger equipment, um, such that we can make slightly better beer. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the thing that really appealed to us was to be able to get our beer. Uh, available for other people to try. Um, mm. I think we've probably exhausted our friends and families in terms of making yeah. them taste our beer. Uh, we'd like to get on to Untapped and, yeah. uh, and, and just see how we how we get on. Um, so our background is um, from the Coventry scene uh, mm-hmm. from a, a number of different angles. We um, are part of um, Twisted Barrels Homebrew Club. Um, right. Now that's been running for about three years now, and I helped to run that. Um, and they have some excellent brewers um, now who, who regularly meet. Um, if anyone fancies coming, um, it's the third Tuesday of the month uh, right. at Twisted Barrel. It's a really nice evening. That it's um, so everyone brings beers. There's usually a challenge, and everyone's brewed to a particular style. And people are people are critical, but in a critical friend kind of way, yeah, which is yeah. really great. And yeah. because Richie, the head brewer, runs it, he'll also be able to tell you why your beer's good or what's gone wrong with it. So mm. he's a, an absolute font of knowledge, isn't he? But it is a really it's a really nice night out, and it's a really friendly bunch of people. And Richie. Richie and Twisted couldn't have been more supportive to us, could they? Because they're quite keen to create a scene, aren't they, I think? And Richie was, yeah, absolutely. that, And that was Richie's intention when he started the Homebrew Club, um, although I only found out recently that he was, was very keen that people would um, go from Homebrew to commercial yeah. through that route. And he's had... Um, well, we've had... Uh, we're the second brewery to, um, to go commercial from, mm-hmm. that, um, from that club, and we know there's a couple behind us in the queue. Yeah, coming soon. So, um, so you're yeah. not banned from Twisted Barrel now for setting up as a. No, no, and it's really unusual. I think it's it's more like so. I come from um, I've, I've worked in the arts for quite a long time and on and off in other things, and it's more like that arts kind of setup where people tend to collaborate and people tend to share and they tend to because actually like you're talking about Manchester, it's much better if there are three or four breweries that you can go and have a look round and yeah. you know there's a bit of a scene, isn't it? So so there is something in it for them, but actually I just think they're just really generous people. So the other um, the other foundation for us is uh, where we're sitting right now uh, in Beer Gonzo. Um, the people who run Beer Gonzo have had an, a, a couple of um, uh, activities during their time. Um, they started at Inspire, um, oh, yeah. which yeah. was the first place we started to enjoy uh, some nice beer in Coventry. And yeah. Then they opened up, uh, they moved to Outside Wines and then to Beer Gonzo. Uh, and then finally opened up the, um, uh, the tap room where we are today. So... Uh, they've been very, very supportive. Uh, they're going to host our opening party on the 1st of December. Um, and we get to put our beers on a board. Um, we're looking at it now of 18 beers, which yeah. are the best breweries in the world. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ter- terrifying when you're sandwiched in between kind of Omnipolo and Jester King. And you kind of yeah. think, oh, you know, yeah. it's our first brew. So we had a test brew out last week, just a little secret one that was kind of under the radar. And that went on a Thursday and sold out by Saturday lunchtime. So we didn't actually even get to come in and drink it. But I did see it on the board and it is quite... And we've been replaced by Magic Rock. And I just think, wow, that, that is amazing to even be in the same breath. We were... Um, 
Simon and I used to be part of the band a long time ago in Coventry. Yeah. And uh, one of my favourite records uh, notes from that period is being number 144 in the pop single chart, <laughs> yeah. one above Nirvana. Well, there you go. And of course, Nirvana had been there for like 75 weeks <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah. It was a bit, yeah, I felt a bit like that seeing us on the beer board. Illustrious company. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, cool stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the uh, obvious question is like, where, where does the name come from? It's John, he's super creative. So John, John's not here, he's, he's taken his kids to the rugby because family comes first, and quite right too. But um, it's that thing, of, it's like obviously it's a play on Fashion Easter, so it's that um, of course, yeah. knowledgeable, it's a community, it's craft-led, isn't it? It's being an expert, it's quite a high bar now, I'm saying it, actually. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, mashing in is yeah, part of, of the yes. brewing the process, so that's the, uh, the play yeah. on words. Yeah, yeah. It's also, we're proud to say, it does seem to be a unique name on the internet, which is something which is that, quite that difficult when, when you turn up and on Untapped. Yeah. I was going to say, is it unique on Untapped? There's no, there's no other mashing I bet there isn't, brewery. actually. Yeah. I don't think there is. We went through, so again, because it had to be you know, universally agreed, we went through probably a thousand names and even ones that kind of filtered up that we all quite like we would check and there would be something out there already yeah. so and so our no. rules were it had to be something you could say over the phone and people would understand that actually that's not what we've ended up with because actually I spell it out over the phone nearly every day yeah <laughs> yeah Nationalistas like Nationalistas yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just checked and tapped uh, there's, there's no brewery yes so well, we get ourselves on it yeah, that, well, that's, yeah. we meant to have done that because yeah. the test brew that went out went out under a pseudonym so that we didn't so because we weren't sure how it was going to work and everything might be really foamy or you know so it yeah. went out as incognito brewers incognito which right, I quite, I quite right, like which right. we stuck with that's a good name yeah yeah that, that'll be the next brewery to come out of yeah. the Twisted Barrel home <laughs> um, so yeah oh cool that's that's good history yeah so um, yeah so obviously every guest we have on the podcast we have to we have to ask that question you know can you run us through your beer journeys respectively and what kind of yeah what kind of took you to where you are now really well, I started drinking beer at university when it was all green nasties and it was lager and snake bite and blue bowls in it and that's really and then I didn't really drink much beer after that and then you started drinking beer, didn't you, fairly? Yeah, so recently. I mentioned Alexander Wines already, but um, they and this is going back 15 years now, but um, it the was, shop was uh, at the back of our house, wasn't it, at the end of the alley? Yeah. The, um, Very handy to have it. The, uh, you could get yeah. out during half time of the football. You could get out, leg it to Alexander Wines, and come back. And we used to go there actually. Yeah. I remember it yeah. being there. It was the street just off the main yeah, street, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you started going there, didn't you? Really? And so they had um, at the time it was English ales, which was they first started to beer on in bottles. Um, yeah. And uh, very much went to those and. They moved through sort of German and Czech pilsners. Oh, yeah, they had lots for a while, didn't they? Lots of the Czech pilsners. I do remember that. And then eventually um, the Belgian beer started turning on. And that's when it started to get very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then more recently for me, um, it's when the American beers land in, and particularly the IPAs. Yeah. And the the, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. So... um, yeah, I mean, based on that, though, were, were, were there places kind of local to then that you were drinking regular British Cascale kind of stuff, or was that kind of not so much your thing? No, no never drank, I never drank Cascale, and for, for years we lived quite near the Albany, which is just reopening, actually, called the New Albany, and they're not right. tied, so we're quite interested in possibilities working with them. Yeah. But there, so I drank fizzy lager, and in fact, I used to be able to get a 99 pint of pedigree that my friend used to drink, and it always used to smell eggy, which I think now might be the Nottingham yeast. <laughs> right. Maybe it was supposed to smell like that. But you, you've always drunk cask out, because your brother's really into proper cask beer, isn't he? So. Yeah, but it's um, beginning to get much easier in the area, I think, to find good mm. beer, finally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. So, uh, oh, good stuff. Um, so you, you hinted earlier about your brew kit, obviously, started off home brewing. Presumably you've had to um, move up a bit a stage now from the home brew kit to now make it more commercial. So what is your step up? Yeah, so we um, decided to take a step up. Uh, we would, at uh, home brew level, we would brew um, 20 litres of beer. Mm-hmm. And we started looking to starting up the brewery. And the first thing you'll realise when you read up about breweries is that everybody who starts starts a brewery said we started too small. We should have gone bigger. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, armed with this knowledge, we should go for a big brewery. And I started, started it up in my head. I thought, yeah, we'll have uh, maybe a 10-barrel unit, perhaps. Yeah. And then, of course, we need our own canning line. And then we need mm. premises and staff. And, okay, all I need is a million pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought, Which of course I you just have, found at the back of the, the magic money you? tree. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out I didn't have a million pounds. And so in that case, we thought, well, okay, well, the other end of the spectrum, we will just stay small. Um, so we're only making uh, our batch sizes one barrel, which is um, 155 litres. It's about it? 250 pints for the for the people who drink pints. 250 pints, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So we will uh, have our beers hopefully in three or four um, bars. Mm locally yeah. and we'll have some bottles but not a huge amount um, right. but in terms of the kit we've got so just in case anybody doesn't know how beer is made basically you get a load of uh, water to a hot temperature in a big receptacle big kettle um, or an HLT a hot liquor tank as it's known you put that water onto top of grains at a certain temperature uh, the grains being like barley wheat that kind of thing oats you drain that off after about an hour or so and uh, that's called wort and that's a kind of like multi-liquid you boil that add hops at certain points um, chill it, put it into a fermenter, add your yeast, and then when it's all um, the yeast is all used up, you put it into your bottles and carbonate it with sugar. So it's quite it's quite a simple process really, but we seem to have quite a lot of technical kit when essentially it's just cooking, as far as I can see. <laughs> because boys are involved, they know it really technical. Although your technicality has enabled us to have more time asleep in bed, hasn't it? Because you've got a remote water heater, so we don't have to. So you start the water heat heating up, up yeah, yeah, remotely. Yeah, two yeah. hours, doesn't it? So yeah, so we. Um, um, again, we've benefited from other people's input because we use uh, a project that's called Craft Beer Pie, which is a Raspberry Pi-based controller. Um, Raspberry Pi, for anybody not aware, <laughs> is nothing that you would have with custard, but it is like a, a computer kind of... Uh, I guess it's like a computer on a little PCB, isn't it? You can use it for projects and stuff like that. Yeah, that's correct. Customise it, yeah. There is a piece of software which runs on this which is aimed at uh, producing beer... And so we use that at our brewery and it keeps everything at the right temperature. Um, and gives us an extra two hours of sleep on a Saturday <laughs> so morning. So it's kind of adding a little bit of automation even to a small setup then, yeah? Well, yeah, because otherwise, literally, you imagine how long it takes to boil 150 litres of water, yeah. you know, if you have to get up yeah. and stand around twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> but that's, is that open source software, is it, or did you have to buy it? So that's available freely online. Which is amazing, isn't it? Oh, wow, isn't that yeah. amazing? And that's another brilliant thing that you know that craft brewing does is it shares stuff, doesn't it? It shares recipes, it shares those kind of applications. It is, it is an incredible community. That's great. The whole sharing aspect of it, like you were saying with Homebrew Club, is is just brilliant, isn't it? Quite a sort of. Uh, you still sort of think as time goes on things get more and more commercial but then you have stuff like that that kind of like makes you think oh you know people if they're really into something they want to share the knowledge yeah it's warm and fuzzy yeah warm and fuzzy <laughs> exactly that yeah so um, so yeah so yeah you, you're brewing with a, with a one barrel kit um, so with a degree of uh, automation and that sort of thing so um, 
What what beers and, and breweries have sort of inspired you as, as brewers, and what styles are you looking to brew? Well, I weirdly for brewer don't like IPA, so and I do a lot of our social media, so you'll hear me a lot. A lot you won't see much about IPA on it because right. I don't tend to drink it. So I particularly like the derogatively termed pastry stouts. I love a big, thick imperial stout. Oh yeah. So I love the stuff that comes out of the brewery. I love the stuff that comes out of Omnipolo. I'm not vegan, so I'm happy to have stuff with lactose in it. Um, I like things that are a bit different. Mm. I think really for me, you like a good I classic like things that beer, are don't you? The same. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, you appreciate. Yeah. I always come back to. So, so for me, the go-to beer is uh, an IPA. Yeah. Uh, very much like the New England style. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's come through, and particularly. Yeah. Brewery, uh, Cloudwater is probably the, um, the the brewery to beat at the moment. Yeah. In that space, although there has been um, some excellent breweries coming up locally. Black Iris is one that we were talking yep. about earlier, which I think is particularly good. Doing some good stuff. Um, yeah. And good across the board. I had an amazing chocolate cherry imperial stout with theirs yesterday. That was incredible. It's like treacle. It was amazing. Wow. But, so yeah, the other. Um, but then I basically will drink any beer. So <laughs> yeah. um, as we touched on the Belgian beers, um, yeah. particularly, I think the stronger Abbey beers, um, St. Bernard, just Abbey's 12 is another yeah. one of my... Uh, yeah. yeah, you love a quad, don't you, as well? Yeah. So it's interesting. So, I, so I'm not particularly keen on any of those. John does drink those as well, but John's also, he really likes sours and he likes um, kind of the funky end of stuff, doesn't he? And the, it was particularly keen on hazy beers. So between us, actually our favourite beers are all quite different, aren't yeah. they, I think? I mean, in terms of um, brewing, we will be trying some fairly experimental beers. That's the, that's the point. We, we, don't, hmm. we won't be making ordinary beers as there's no point yeah um, but I do uh, harbour a desire to make um, a pilsner at some point a very simple beer yeah carry it test your metal as a brewer yeah um, so that's yeah, one that you'll see at some point no doubt the classic thing where it's it seems so simple but actually yeah. it's really no, complicated nowhere to hide to though is it yeah. nowhere no, to hide with, right. with a pilsner we, yeah. we went to America in the summer and they were really so, so they were obviously yeah. clock on we were English by our accent so they would be very keen that we tried their kind of brown ales they just brewed or whatever but Simon was in a, like this amazing bar and they were going no you must try our pilsner we're so proud of it and he was a bit glum because he said I had to take it because it would have been incredibly rude not to but I didn't come here to drink Pilsner we have yeah. amazing access to Pilsner yeah. but you're right there's nowhere to hide to get to get a Pilsner right and to make it we've made quite a good Kolsch in the past and we made a coffee Kolsch that was really nice but right. again adulterated so you know maybe not right yeah so yeah I mean obviously at the moment in, in craft beer a lot of co- collaborations happening I mean is that anything you'd be planning going ahead with other breweries? It's, our brewery's quite snug with three of us in it. Actually, if I get any fatter, we're not going to really be able to move around in it. It is literally our garage and it's quite narrow. But we would love to go and do stuff with other people. And we did, Simon won um, with Homebrew Club, they do an annual challenge where you yes. get to, gr- to brew on their big kit mm. and, and then they sold it commercially. So we won with um, Peggy Lee, which was a smoked decaffeinated uh, coffee chop. Which coffee we've had, actually. Coffee. I checked oh, that from my own tab. Oh, yes. Oh, had it a couple right. of times. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, I remember the name because it was called decaffeinated coffee. It was the first time I'd ever seen that. Um, yeah, it's because I can't drink caffeine, or I, I, I like to think I can't drink mm. caffeine. Or it does turn out I've drunk quite a lot of caffeine in my life and beers and not noticed when no one told me. But um, yeah, so that was why we we brewed that as a decaffeinated coffee one. So yeah, so we have brewed stuff with them before, and I would be. They're so generous, I'd be surprised if we didn't do stuff with them again. But I wouldn't expect someone to let us in the mm. door and play with their big kit, would you? 
So I think probably what we're saying is we're open to invitations, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're like and we're hard working, aren't we? Yeah. So, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of breweries around in the West Midlands area at the moment that uh, you know that are probably open to collaborations. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, We've got nothing up our sleeve, but we'd love to, wouldn't we? I think. But not at our place because it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do make good sandwiches, so you know. You can still there you come. go. There you go. <laughs> Just get one person at a time. Exactly. Yeah. One in, one out kind of philosophy. It's all good. So, like you said earlier as well, you um, the moment that you didn't have that million pounds for your canning line and Sadly all of that, no. you know. So, uh, you see, it's just all kegs and, and stuff at the moment. But do you think? If you were to grow, would you think about a small pack and what's your preferred? Well, we are going yeah, to bottle. Kind of, you we are, are going, going to put some in bottles. Yeah. We, we aim to produce something around 50 bottles of each uh, in each batch. Um, so there will be some out there. Um, but they'll be a bit unicorn-like, won't they? I think you'd have to be quick to get them if you want them because they won't they won't be. So we've got, there'll be some in Gonzo and we'll have some on opening night. But I'm pretty sure that all our bottles will have gone in that one night. Yeah. But then it's possible that we do another batch of something and then just bottle the whole lot. But you know, bottling's it's easier to, it's easier to move the keg, isn't it? You've got one sale to make and one thing yeah. to move. Of course, a bit more. Yeah. And also you've got the labelling costs. Although we're all quite keen on labels, so even as home brewers we make our own labels. You know, in a homebrew club, some some of the folk would be going, it's not about the label, is it? It's about what's inside. And they're right. But if you're in a shop like Beer Gonzo, you might choose it because you like the style and you might know the brewer. But actually, sometimes you just pick it up because the label appeals to you. Yeah. You've got so, to stand out in a crowded. Yeah, well, I shops, think we will, but I we guess, haven't yeah. gone, you know, we've gone for a very particular look and feel, I think, which will either work or it won't, and hmm. my head be it, I think it's a bit like over an apprentice moment, isn't it, it'll either work or not, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's quite a different look to a lot of beer, isn't it, so but we're about tasting beer, well, it's, quite a, it's, um, it's quite a heritage look, it's quite a farrow and ball kind of look, it's a bit more like it might appeal to wine drinkers, so our beer's more about tasting than drinking, do you know what I mean, you put, I, I just... We're not envisaging lots of our beers being drunk in pints. They're more like a third measure, aren't they, our beers, I think? Yeah, we're certainly targeting the sort of quality end uh, mm-hmm. of what we can do, mainly because that's the beer we want to make yeah. and that's the beer yeah. we want to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, we we'll, but we'll never compete on price because we can only brew a barrel at a time. You know, unless yeah. we go cuckoo brew at somewhere because everybody absolutely loves beer X, then mm. then we'll do it. But other than that, and I think we'll be charging, I think a fair price for what it is, which is you know something that's been made with kind of love and tenderness and with good intentions. This is, as John puts it, this is the as far as you can extend a hobby and, and into commercial kind of thing. It is, yeah. it is a hobby brewery. Yeah. But equally, we want to kind of wash our faces. So. Um, yeah, so we will do some bottles and we hope that people will try them, don't we? Yeah. Talking of which, we should open one. We've brought yeah. them with us, haven't we? Think, so. Okay, so mm, are nice. your beers vegan-friendly and do you think that's important? So yes, our beers are um, entirely vegan um, yep. and we it's because we started at Twisted Barrel who are vegan through and through absolutely and, um, yeah. so we thought we wanted to uh, to make beer which is accessible to as many people as possible so um, vegan is one that you can make beers easily yeah um, that are vegan there's really nothing um, you can miss it to miss out on when you're making mm. beers that way so we thought that was important to um, to support so I'm going to go off piste and go, Simon's very keen on them being vegan, and I absolutely think there's no reason for them not to be vegan generally. So the vegan beer thing wow. really came about because of um, taking Isinglass out, wasn't yeah. it, yeah. having fish. So 
And I, there's no reason to have that. I completely understand that. But I like Imperial Stout, and I like Imperial Stout made of lactose. So there are lots of discussions going on, which is really interesting when you've agreed that three of you will agree all decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the current agreement is that all our beers are vegan. They will yeah. be for launch. But I am lobbying behind the scenes to make an Imperial Stout with lactose, but I fear I'm not going to get my way. I might have to go and collab with someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that might be what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, well, we've cracked we've cracked a couple uh, of mm-hmm. bottles that you brought along uh, open now. So, uh, we've got two beers here. Um, so, should we talk about the um, this the lighter of the two first? So, if you want to just tell us a bit about what we're drinking here. Yep. So, this is Madame Geneva. It's a botanical sour. I say that again. It's a botanical sour, not a botanical sour. <laughs> um, and an accent. So, it's a sour based beer, kettle based sour, kettle. Do you know I'll miss that whole thing again? I shouldn't have drunk that brewery beer. But <laughs> it's a kettle sour, and it's been brewed, uh, fermented then with lemon zest and juniper. So it's kind of got a gin and tonic vibe to it, which is where Madame Geneva comes from. It was a, the John found this was the name for gin in, in old times. So you might want to talk a bit about the kettle souring process. Yeah, so we um, create the beer uh, in... It only takes about 48 hours for the beer to sour with a, um, a lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. Addition to it, um, and it, the, the souring gives it that um, that spine tingling taste. Um, yeah, but this it's is not, actually it's not a puckering sour. No, no it's not. No, it's not slapped you around the face sour. Yeah. This one yeah. is it. It's, it's quite a, a, I yeah. think it's quite like um, quite a lot of the natural wines they're selling in here. It's quite like that. I think that it's, there's a crossover I think, between lambic beer, sour beer, and natural wines. It's quite got. So this is why I think that might appeal to someone who doesn't drink so it's quite, beer. Quite approachable, quite quite easy to get. I think so. Yeah, I mean it's not very beer like in some ways no. but I think actually if you were a wine drinker you might move to that and feel that that was kind of palatable I think I mean I really yeah. like sour well, beers but not everyone we does we said that quite a lot haven't we about some of the more the lighter sours and some of the saisons uh, good gateways in gateways yeah. if you're cider drinkers yeah. or wine yeah, drinkers yeah cider drinkers exactly absolutely yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That. I think the botanicals really come through on this actually yeah. and, I, and although I'm you know I, I can drink gin I'm just would rather drink beer but I really get that on this and I think this is just really <laughs> Kind of the, to the fore of this, and I, and I think it's it's really makes it. I mean, what ABV is this? This is five percent. Uh, mm. Oh right, okay. I think it'd be quite a nice summer beer. I think if it's a summer beer to drink cold, mm. fizzy, yeah. and sparkling, I think it'd be quite a nice thing to yeah. have. It's not, as I say, these are. Um, you only bottled it. Yeah, we only bottled ago. it, so it's not as sparkling. Yeah. The one we opened on Saturday was um, a bit more sparkling than this one, but maybe it's because it's been out of the fridge or something. I don't know. So but I think the taste is there. The we'll yeah, hopefully should do. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always a uh, danger, isn't it? You once you've uh, put it into your. Uh... Yeah. Do you know what beer is a live stuff? It kind yeah. of does what it does, yeah, it does doesn't it? And you exactly. think you've done everything right, and sometimes it just yeah. doesn't. And I think in our case, so we're um, we're now three weeks away from our launch mm-hmm. uh, on the first of December, and so our beers ideally will peak um, in three weeks' time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there is the aspect of some of our. Um, we were brewing yesterday and made. Um, our, it was actually our last brew before the launch, uh, yeah. but it's a, um, a hazy uh, New England IPA. Right. Mm. Uh, and they are um, definitely to be drunk fresh. Yeah. So the idea that will be that will land exactly on that that three week period. All right. And so hopefully the whole lot will be gone that week. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it will. It uh, judging by the speed that uh, the uh, test brew went here here at Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, yeah, definitely really really enjoying that one obviously we've got something here that um 
is is a bit on the darker side, um, well, much darker actually. So this, do you want to tell us a bit about this one? Yeah, so this one is called Reese's to be cheerful and it's a <laughs> chocolate peanut butter coffee porter and it's about 8%, is it 8%? 10%. 10%. 10%. 10%. So this one um, I think will have again mellowed very slightly but it, it is quite a rich taste. It's a bit like a chocolate box taste, isn't it? And not everybody will like that but it's the kind of beer that I drink. Yeah. So that's partly why we brewed it. But there will only be one 20-litre keg of this beer ever, and it will be on tapping Gonzo on the first. So. The aroma's gorgeous on it. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I think, um, so with stuff like this, obviously, um, you know, we've all decided pretty much straight away that we think this is great. Um, but would you rebrew stuff like this, or are you always yeah. going to be looking to, to no, we, try so something new? Initially, Simon was very keen that we never rebrewed anything, and mm. I, I come from a marketing background. I went, that's nonsense. We can't <laughs> possibly do that. <laughs> Things like if you want to bottle anything, you know, there are costs associated with printing minimum quantities of labels, even. So, and, and then Simon's like, well, you don't want to just reprint because you've got a reel of labels. And I said, no, you reprint because it's a good beer, isn't it? And you've had that economy of scale with the labelling. So we will have some. And also because you want to be able to, if you've had a nice beer in a pub, you want to be able to say to your friend, I had that beer, try you should try it. it. But then if yeah. you're never going to see it again, it's just yeah. silly, isn't it? I think this is the biggest regret I have with some of the great beers that are around now. You try it once, you go, oh, well, I'm enjoying it, but I'll never have it again. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and so with, with something like this, you know, it's like when, when, because you're doing such small batches, you know, there is an element of uh, I want it again, you know, and, and to know that stuff, even if it only was like an annual thing, to know that it would be coming back again is, yeah. is a big draw in, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we, we're not going to do anything that hasn't, that hasn't sold or that people have said is revolting, but then we won't have let it out the door. So, you know, it won't go out. If we don't think that we like it, we will literally be pouring it down the drain. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I think it? one of the issues for us as well, we're, we're quite excitable, we're brand new. <laughs> We've got three of us who've got ideas about beers, and I think we kind of get need to get a few out of uh, out the system. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one you've always wanted to make. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. thinking about the one I'm making this time next year. I think that's the uh, <laughs> yeah the <laughs> first time I'll get to do that. But um, no, we do we do want to. Um, again those um, yeah. those core I, I am keen to have a core range I know it's a bit old fashioned isn't it and, and it, for a while it was like as a brewery you just brew something new every week and, yeah. and but I just think actually there's, it's just not sustainable no. and also you can't make that much differentiation in your beers at the end of the day can you you know there's only so many variations on an IPA you can do so why don't you just make or one and make there? it really well <laughs> no there are <laughs> yeah so. Or are they, as your <laughs> grammatically pedantic wife will say. Um, so, yeah, so I think there'll be some core beers, I think. But that one, having said that, that is a special 120-litre keg of it, and that's gone. So. Right, yeah, that's... Uh, well, I feel very privileged to try mm, that, yeah. then, because it's, it's bloody great. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, obviously, we've obviously heard about your, your pilot keg selling out really quickly. Where else could we potentially be seeing these beers crop up? I mean, well, I know Twisted will take some from us. So Gonza will take some, Twisted will take some. I think that maybe the New Albany might. I've spoken to them. They're not tied, so it just depends whether they'll take key kegs or whether they're you know limited by cask. I just don't know. There's a couple of local places that I think will probably take bottles. Um, and then I'm really keen to go into Birmingham, actually. And there are a couple of places I want to approach, but I don't really want to commit it on here because I've not spoken to them. <laughs> but, you know, there are places I'd like to be seen. We're yeah. fans of many of the bars in the local area. We'd love to see um, our beer in those bars. You know, that would, um, so the beers that we like, uh, sorry, the bars that we like over in Birmingham um, yeah. include you know, the Wolf, Tilt. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'd love um, to be in Tilt. And... Um, Bone, boneheads that we went the other night doing boneheads yeah, oh chicken yeah, chicken yeah. place with an amazing bar yeah we've been there oh yeah, yeah. I love that it was yeah. just really like the vibe in there there's so more and more places I guess kind of popping up where you can 
be selling this kind of beer, you know. Um, certainly from our neck of the woods, more over in kind of Warwick, Leamington or whatever, it's still a very traditional market. So if you're not doing any cask stuff, then you've got no opportunity to, to do that. I mean, one place in our neck of the woods, although it's not um, an actual bar as such, is Warwick Real Ale, who have like four taps of key keg on at any yeah, one time. Yeah, so do they only do growlers then? Or is yeah. it, do they do glasses in there? So you can stop and have a glass of beer. You can of stop beer and have a glass of beer. Okay, so I did see them to. and I did think they would be somebody I would probably approach. Yeah. And there was some... Um, Gonzo had a link with the place in Leamington, at the top end of Leamington, oh, didn't they, um, as well? Oh, uh, Cellar Club. Yeah, so and, there's, and I know they take key kegs, so it's possible there. So, we're, you know, we're open to moving it around. And I think the other thing is, Gonzo just brilliant, we love them. Hmm. And they, they said that they'll wholesale for us. So actually, yeah. for, I mean, it couldn't get much easier. All we've got to do is get our beer to their warehouse, out of our tiny garage, <laughs> into yeah. their warehouse, and they'll, and they'll, they'll sort it all out. That's from fantastic. There. That's yeah. Really so... Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be great to, to see your stuff, as you say, because in, in Birmingham, because there's so many great places popping up there now, yeah. and other places like Cottridge. Places opening yeah. up kind of in the suburbs as well yeah, now. Yeah, Sturchley's got loads going on. Sturchley Mile it? now. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, it's getting that way, yeah. But it's funny, because I reckon, and I don't know, I'm very prepared to be correct, but I reckon I'm the only female drayman in, in Coventry <laughs> delivering the kegs. <laughs> Bless them, some homeless guy was saying to me, oh, I'll help you, and I went, no, it's okay, it's a matter of principle, I need to deliver this keg, this key keg. <laughs> by myself. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good for building up the muscle. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's so, um, yeah, so what's your, what's your kind of medium-term, long-term aim for the brewery then? Um, what's your sort of short-term, medium-term? Yeah, I think the, um, the, the aim very much at the moment is just to make excellent beer. Um, we want to... We know... I think we need to be honest and say we will improve. I, mean, I think that's, you know, as you... The more you do something, the better you get at it. So I think there'll be... Um, a period of time now, I think that we will, um, you know, the beers will get better. Uh, we'll be bringing new beers out. Um, I think long term, um, I don't really, we haven't really planned that far. <laughs> no, I think so. With my marketing head on, I had to rein them back in a little bit, really, John and Simon, who were like, we want to be the best, you know, the best brewers in the UK, and that's a great aspiration. But the reality is, actually, we're going to sell in Coventry in the Midlands because that's that's what we can manage to do yeah. with the quantities we produce and the. The, the way that we can distribute, although that might be different now with Gonzo. Um, so I think, I mean, I would love to have a brewery with a tap house in it. I just think I'd, I'd, love, I'd really love to run that kind of thing. But since starting this brewery and registering it, we've both ended up with new jobs. He's got a big new job. I've got a second job. So actually what we will, you know, I, who knows what yeah. will happen. But I would love to have a tap house. And it's that balance, it. isn't it, between, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a hobby... It's a not really big hobby at the yes. moment, but it still is a hobby. It's a hobby, and, and yeah. it is that. Yeah, it's a big jump, jump to make it. And also, you know, fully commercial. being a commercial brewery is actually only a percentage of it's about brewing. The rest of yeah. it's about kind of cleaning, uh, health and safety, <laughs> yes. branding, yeah. paperwork, things. carrying things, yeah. mopping things up. You know, it's it's a logistics. You know, cash forecasting your cash flow and everything. It's a it's really different. It's not so. That's why we're the extension of a hobby and not like a thoroughly commercial brewery are we yeah and I don't think we um, at this point in time we're not looking to make money from it and it is yeah. uh, and um, you might pick that up from our when you see some of our recipes that uh, what <laughs> kind of commercial disasters some of these might be but, uh, but we are very keen on just making those beers yeah. they're the beers that uh, we've, we've dreamt of and we would like other people to try. Yeah. My big dream would be to have like a big barrel aging place. So I'm a really big fan of Cascade in America, and, and I was really surprised when they came over and we saw them here because actually they've only got is it a seven barrel brew house. I was really shocked, but oh. what they have got 
it's like acres and acres of barrel aging programs going on so they can just completely sweat that asset and fill up all their barrels mm -hmm. so it's quite a different thing and then we went to the brewery in California which I thought would be quite small mm. actually it's blooming massive and their pilot kit is like a seven barrel kit isn't it I think and but the uh, one that Flo really loved was uh, Rare Barrel oh, which was that, a right. enormous warehouse which had a tiny tap house in one corner where we sat and had a very nice drink and the rest of the yeah. warehouse was just packed full of barrels that were yeah. between three and seven years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was right. fabulous. Yeah, We had a great time in California, didn't we? We had our kids with us, but basically we packed them off to theme parks while we went to bars. <laughs> like, right. Uber's a blessing, isn't it? The kids yeah. just get brought home for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Win-win holiday, yeah, because um, all both the parties were happy. Absolutely, so, yeah. it was perfect. Yeah, because I saw something on your website about that. Obviously, you, you'd kind of tried to hit as many tap rooms and breweries and stuff whilst, whilst out there, so predominantly West Coast, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Russian River? Mm. No, we no. didn't make Russian. And do you know what? And we didn't manage to get a Pliny the Elder. Oh. We kept asking, and then the last night in Berkeley, didn't we? We were in Jupiter, and it had it on the board. And the man said, "Oh, the waiter said I'll go and get it for you." And then he came back with a, a third of something else. And I'm so sorry, we haven't got it. I was wrong. Have this on us while you choose something else. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. the customer yeah. service in America is amazing, isn't it? They're <laughs> yeah. all just so lovely. Oh, that's cool. So I thoroughly recommend a beer trip to um, California. We had a great time, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. But we did get um, uh, on a uh, rare beer note. We mm. did end up in um, on the, uh, the shores of um, Lake Garda, in a place called Bardolino that was advertising West Vletter and 12. Oof. Oh, and, it was right. the uh, first night of our holiday, wasn't it? And I went, look on at a, this. On a big list. And, and he went, don't uh, be ridiculous. Of course they haven't got it. No, I've ordered it. And then yeah. It's, wow. it's the one time I've had one of these... Um, these unicorn beers was uh, <laughs> came in its yeah. own glass, didn't it? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I have actually tried that. Um, I think it was a, a Belgian um, themed night at Warwick Real Ale, at one of their special events. Uh, we tried that, and um, Saint Bernard's Twelve is supposed to be yeah. very, very similar. You love Some that, people you? prefer one over the other, and uh, yeah, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, do, do you feel it's important for a brewery to do social media these days? Do you think that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a marketer, so I would say that. That's my bread and butter. But, yeah, I think it is because that's how you get your feedback. It's how you get, you know, how you let people know what you're up to. I think it gives you... So when you have tap houses, like we're in Beer Gonzo, they don't have even... Um, the labels anymore do they all you've got mm. is what is, is a list on a, on a wall so actually you know the your brand and what it sounds like and what it's interested in and what it conveys is you know it's social media is really important for mm. that so and there's lots of clever things you can do with social media in terms of spending your money really carefully and targeting particular groups of people or geographically so i think it is do you think it is simon yeah and i think it's an opportunity to hear back from people i think is the most powerful mm. um, thing when you're making a beer um, when you sell a beer, you don't really know why and whether when it's sold, whether somebody liked it. I mean, I think one of the um, uh, the great uh, changes in the last few years is we've touched on it already, Untapped and yeah. other yeah. Um, sort of ratings-based. Um, and I love that scene. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit yeah. of a nerd. But the, uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah. ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Because you will get somebody you drinking. But it doesn't make much sense, yeah. does it? Because you will get people <laughs> drinking a stout and rating it as one guy, and I hate stout. And you think, well, why? Does, yeah. you know, that's I think you're going to get. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's untapped in a way. Um, it doesn't initially appear to be, but it's just another social media channel in a way because of comments like that. 
Um, I guess it's the most direct feedback that you can get, though. And I know some brewers who are just like, I don't go near that. I hate that, blah, blah, blah. But then it's also great. It's, but it's, others it's, love it. It's the law of averages, isn't it? Mm. You get enough ratings over yes. a period of time. Yeah. And it evens itself out. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, um, throughout our three weeks in America, I did look on TripAdvisor and I looked on all kinds of things to get social media feedback on which bars I really should go to, yeah. which yeah. restaurants mm. I should go to. And there was one in... Um, what was the one in Monterey that we absolutely loved? Alvarado Street. Absolutely loved it. I'd never heard of it, but actually it popped up through social media. We had a brilliant night in Alvarado Street. They had some great bits. They had some great bits. Yeah. 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 But it's like you were saying earlier about um, you had your pale ale on here on Thursday, gone by Saturday lunchtime. You have no idea who's drunk no. it. You have no idea at the moment no. on their feedback. No. Because, like you said, it's not on untapped. And, no, and unless, they all hated it. Yeah, unless you can find through Twitter or something, some people have said that they've had it. Then, yeah, at the moment, you're kind of so in no, the dark. So no one even created yeah. it as the name that you used? No, no, so that, no, so that was it. So we haven't, no, because we didn't even put it out as a Mashinista's beer because we were just, you know, we just weren't sure how it was going to work out or how it would be priced. So actually... The pricing surprises, because there are formulas for pricing, which right, we kind of haven't right. really costed in. But then I think I thought it was a fair price, although it was on the high end. But I think I think it was good value. Yeah. It's but then I drink very expensive beer, so you know, what do I know? <laughs> it's, I think but that's the way the, the scene, if anyone's kind of in the kind of beer scene, as, as it kind of is at the moment. You know, if you're drinking more specialist beers, smaller measures, higher prices, it goes with the territory. You know, nobody's going out and drinking six pints of Imperial Stout. No, I mean, what would you say? Week, what, you know? what would you say was a reasonable price for a third of Imperial Stout that had been imported from America? So for me, I think, you know, seven or eight quid actually... Yeah. Is probably quite reasonable. Yeah, that's about what. Why well, is that quite? That obviously was that that big thing in the press recently about Speedway Stout Ed yeah. Smith going for. Nobody drinks pints of it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> they completely got the wrong end of the stick on yeah. that one. But yeah, you know these these are beers to be savoured in a third measure. Like you're not going to wood it down. You're going to savour it. You're going to enjoy exa- the aroma exactly. of it. You know, it's, it's exactly. So yeah. Um, Smith or whiskey or brandy or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah, so I guess the final sort of question really was, uh, we've covered a little bit of it already, but where do you kind of see the local scene at the moment? I mean, do you think, do we still need more breweries? Do we still need more places, to, good places to drink? Is it is it saturated or are we anywhere near saturated? So many opinions. Do you want to go first? Oh, I think, yes. Go on, it's, it's, you'd be super opinionated. <laughs> the answer. No, I'd love to see more, um, more places, particularly in Coventry. I mean, this is somewhere that we've... Um, been in and around for some time and we'd love to see more bars pop up. I mean, you can name on one hand, really, at the moment, mm. the bars that you would yeah. target or mm. recommend, at least, to... Uh, yeah, you could do a good night out in Coventry with nice bars, but you can only do it once because then you're going to have to repeat them all, can't you, aren't you? So. Very good point, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of walking involved, but, I mean, we, we've kind of done that, yeah. You know, you're looking at your, your Gonzo to uh, Inspired to Drapers yeah. to Twisted Barrel. yeah. That's your kind That's of trail, it. though, isn't it? Yeah, it? yeah. yeah, it's a one-way walk and then a taxi home, isn't yeah. it? But- but the other thing that I think is really missing, and I am super opinionated, that's the one thing that's absolutely sure about me, is that I just think food and drink places. So in America, they're all food and drink tap houses. And I know it's bigger and you've got more people and you've got more food, but, but I just think I'd go out a lot more, actually, if I could just have food with it. Because then you have food and drink, you could potentially go with your kids. You know, I just think there's a real market yeah. for that, isn't there? And, and I'm really pleased Twisted are doing that, aren't they? Yeah, what we don't really have, um, I because mean, I described Twisted probably as a, as a tap, we don't really have microbreweries. Mm. You know, it's something that popped up briefly and then mm. disappeared But why don't you need a microbrewery? Because it's bigger. Well, with, with that, um, you know, we just there is a service here for you. you know, we just make the beer to serve you in a serving environment, whereas um, 
Twisted is is a brewery first and foremost. And oh, you mean like to... Dylan's, don't you? So like Dylan's has got a lovely tap house. We've been to Dylan's up at the Rico. Oh, so they've got a really great tap house, haven't they? And it's um, beer's really nice. It's quite it's quite the traditional end of beer, but it's really nice beer. Mm, yeah. It's a really nice environment. But I was so shocked when I went up there because basically they have they must have massive contracts because they have got like masses of kegs, haven't they? And they uh, and and so their business I think is selling it on rather than through the tap house, isn't it? Whereas in America you would have lots of places whose business was really the tap house, wasn't it? But I do like these places, um, particularly in America, where you will only get the beer there because they yeah. just make it to serve on the premises. <laughs> Straight out of the tank. Yeah. 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 Fresh. We went to one in Rome, actually, it was like that, didn't we? They had um, their serving tanks were behind the bar. It was brilliant, wasn't it? And that was a little food place. And, I mean, that was the sort of thing I'd love to have. It had maybe uh, maybe 20 covers of the restaurant, didn't it? And then it had its sort of seven or ten barrel brewery. Probably smaller than that. And it was perfect. Just I perfect. Mean, the place where I was last week, Hackney Wick, has got Howling Hops, the tank bar there. And it's... Yeah. It's always busy. Yeah. I know it's London. Yeah. I know it's in a great area, but it's always rammed with different that people. That wasn't a great area until things like that yeah. were there. Do you know what I mean? So it, it is a question of kind of holding your nerve. And I think Twisted have done that to some extent. And that's why they're keen that other people follow them, because it does require a critical mass to make it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to be part of that critical mass mm. and have my own tap house, but... I've taken a second job and you've taken another job and probably isn't going to happen now, which is a real shame. I think it's quite interesting, actually, because we, we interviewed Richie uh, a few episodes ago and it was quite interesting. One of the things he said was he, he couldn't understand how some breweries could make it without having their own tap room. You no. know, In an area that is predominantly quite traditional uh, for beer, which is pretty much around here, You know, I think he was basically saying if they didn't shift as much as they do through the tap room, they would have struggled a lot more than what, what they have. Um, and so I think, yeah, if you do set up a new brewery that is doing kind of more modern styles in, in kind of key keg and keg packaging or whatever, um, you're going to struggle massively to kind of with routes to market uh, uh, unless, you know, you, you, you end up kind of selling way beyond your, your local area yeah. sort of thing. Um, and even now, they still do a bit of that with their stuff turning up in, like we say, Manchester the other day, you know, it's... It was in Rome when we were there. I was yeah. amazed yeah. looking at which bars to go to. We couldn't get to one, but it did have Twisted Barrel on it. I was just thought, that's brilliant. But isn't it a shame that you don't find it in all the bars in the Midlands before yeah. it's hit Rome? Yeah. Mm. No, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the... Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, we've had that conversation with them before as well, haven't we? We were mm. and Carl, and, uh, yeah, it's... I think, like we were saying, there's a lot of trouble with a lot of pubs and bars and whatever around the Coventry and the West Midlands area, and certainly in, definitely in Warwick and Leamington. It's they're either geared up for cask or their keg lines are kind of tied up with them with lagers and stuff. Yeah. So, and that is, yeah. or they can't take key kegs, or you know, and that's there's a whole lot of obstacles. Lot of problems, there really are a whole yeah. lot of obstacles, really. But I do wonder with cask. I wonder if cask is going to be revitalised for the modern drinker with cloud water going back to cask. What Coming up think? this week, <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. and I wasn't even primed to say it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a neat little segue actually. Yeah. Go on, yeah. into our into our news, news section. Oh, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> which um, which basically yeah I seen it. as as of uh, as of this week yeah Cloudwater relaunching on cask cask is back um, the only local outlet is pint shop in Brum which I believe it debuts tomorrow um, and then various other places I think Nottingham's got some and and um, stuff like that yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a very interesting development because, obviously, there was a big deal about them pulling out of the cask market mm. about, what, 18 months ago, something mm. like that, saying they just can't do the margins on it. Um, and a lot of disappointed people because, oh, you know, we really like cask beer. 
it's, it's interesting to see that it's come back. Um, I guess it means they will then end up in little micro pubs and stuff, whereas otherwise that have no cake dispense. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe it's just to get into that different market as well as doing yeah. key kegs. Yeah. Do you so, like cask beer? Generally? Yes, I, I grew up on it. Do you? Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was pretty much, as a teenager, a bit of lager, and then basically I got indoctrinated by camera because I happened upon... Uh, the camera good beer guide um, in my early 20s, I think. And um, from then on, uh, yeah, you, you read the camera good beer guide and you just go, anything keg is bad, everything cask is good. And, and I kind of lived by that mantra for about, like, you know, 15 to 20 years. Um, and so, you know, for me, good cask beer is, is still good beer, um, especially when places like uh, when we were in um, Northern Monk, in Manchester the other day, they've got four cask lines on there, which may seem a little unusual for a place that is quite hip. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And and one of the permanent cask lines in there is Taylor Landlord, because really? because uh, Russ, who who owns uh, Northern Monk, loves Taylor Landlord. It's and a great it's bit. Like, yeah, and he's like, this is always going to be on in our Manchester bar. And I, I can't. And the thing is, you go there and it's well looked after. And I think that's the, the big thing with with cask beer is the fact that there's so much poorly kept uh, examples of it. Um, you know, and so certainly in our neck of the woods in South Warwickshire and stuff, you know, the, you, the majority of beer still is cask beer, but and and it's not necessarily that well looked after. I'm not going to name and shame anybody, but um, <laughs> it's made me kind of go away from kind of drinking that beer. And if, if I want to go and drink good beer, I'll just jump on the train to Birmingham and, and drink some some great kind of more extreme and interesting and innovative beer uh, in, in Birmingham, really. But it's so. like our, like... The micro pub, isn't it? Uh, your post office, because they'll get. So you had Medusa by Siren, didn't you, um, on Friday yeah. night? Charles did, and um, that was on cast. And they've had to put a sign on it that says naturally hazy because of the regulars that are expecting a cask beer to um, to, 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 to be, be a bright beer. And then, and I did that thing as well, where because I, it was hazy, I'd forgotten that it was on cask when Charles had got it, and it was nearly at the end of the glass and I tried it. And it was weird, because I was drinking a keg beer, which was quite cold. And it's cold, and it's fizzy, fizzy yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I went to the cask, when you, suddenly it's a, it is that bit warmer. It's like and body it's, temperature, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then when it's looking like... The beer, similar haze to the beer. Because that beer was really in good condition really, yeah. on Friday yeah. night. It was, it did still have a really good head, even though it's from gravity. It still, yeah. still had a good yeah. head retention, whereas not necessarily was the case. Well, so we went to where uh, we were taken to a um, uh, craft beer. I think it was a brew pub in Letchworth, wasn't it? I forgot what it's called now. Uh, Garden City Brewery. Garden City Brewery. Yes, it was a brew pub, and uh, mm. and their stuff's cut, uh, cask, isn't it? And actually, I had a. Uh, I normally drink thirds. They didn't do thirds. So I had a half of quarter. Um, yeah. And it was so nice. I went back and had a second one, and I've never had that with cask mm. before because it's always been, I think, probably badly kept. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. I think there's too many examples of that, and so somebody kind of just getting into beer now, you know, will will kind of maybe try that and just go. I don't see what the fuss is. And this this is the trouble. You know, you've, you've got about like three or four days worth of life out of it as well. And and people will probably try and stretch that a bit too long. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it just creates a bad experience yeah. for the drinker. But it is the really. difference between opening a bottle of wine and leaving it in the fridge, isn't it, for three days, and opening a wine box and leaving it in the fridge. Because it will be fine in the wine box, mm. but it won't be in the bottle, will it? Unless you've got a backpack like you're very pleased with. 
so yeah, what, what do you got there, Charles? You got where 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 the where the where the cloud water cask is going to be? Yeah, so obviously you mentioned Point Shop, and probably the nearest to us is going to be somewhere somewhere kind of in between Wolverhampton and Telford. What, really? The, well, more close to Telford actually. Yeah, the Coracle Micropub. Wow. And then you've got towards like Leicester, you've got the Mill Hill Cask and Coffee. Uh, and then you sort of market harbour. But isn't that weird? Because in, in yeah, Coventry, so. you've got places like the Windmill that do do cask yeah. and turn it over, and they, you know, they know there's a cask pub or um, Brimfield Tavern or places like that, but they've obviously not bought into the cloud water yeah. thing. I think I'm not quite sure on what, what uh, the kind of requirements have sort of been. I mean, uh, I know that cloud water are, are super keen to only supply people who they know can look after their beer okay. and who may have taken it before and that kind okay. of thing. So you they, can see on the map, I mean, obviously, yeah. the Manchester area. It's pretty well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, sketchy in some parts of the country looking at yeah. the map, but I think that will possibly change with future releases because this isn't a one-off. This is a, an ongoing thing. Yeah, this with, is a change of doing that change sort of, of, uh, Yeah, so it's yeah. it's very interesting to to see that. We've got ourselves another beer in front of us now. Um, what what are we all drinking? Who wants to talk about their beer? So after Flo had uh, raved on about out out of the lunchbox the fruit beer with peanut, that's what I've gone for now. So. so that's by the brewery, yes, which is a slightly brewery, confusing yeah. name, isn't it? <laughs> it's the Faneuil Rue, you see, the Faneuil Rue, R-U-E, and, uh, and they're lovely. And they've got two places in um, Anaheim, haven't they? They've got the brewery Terreur Bar, and then they've got the brewery bar, and they were just so lovely when we went there. So lovely. I'd recommend anyone in California go there. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, how are you finding that? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not in your face, peanut. It is more fruit than peanut. Like it's sort of fruity, salty, isn't yeah. it? Salty yeah. fruit, which doesn't yeah. sound very appetising, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Charles, what, what are you on? You're on a dark well, beer. After your amazing Imperial Stout, Peanut Butterfly, I've gone with another Imperial Stout, which is Hidden Upon by Omnipollo, which is Imperial Stout brewed with 100 kilos of marshmallows and Tahitian oh, wow. vanilla beans. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very, very good. Classic Omnipolo. <laughs> Classic Omnipolo. Pastry stout. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. yeah, really, really good. Oh, what have you gone for? Can you remember? I have. <laughs> crooked Stave. I have, yeah. I yeah. had a complete mind blank for a second there. Um, yeah, Crooked Stave. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a gin barrel aged saison at 9%. Um, and it's. Yeah, it's amazing. Just the aroma on that. You really get the uh, you get the gin barrel aging on it really well. And that's what I mean. You come to Beer Gonzo and you will not fail to find a world class beer. It, it, I mean, it's incredible, really. And so we went all around America, went to these amazing bars, had beautiful beers, but actually we thought we could just walk five minutes on the road mm. and have amazing beers. We're so lucky. I think it'd be quite dangerous actually if we live walking distance from here. Um, <laughs> I really feel like would. I might as well just wire my salary into their bank account, <laughs> frankly. What with that and the take out facility, you know, <laughs> exactly. terrible, yeah, really. it's, um, it's definitely uh, a, a, a real kind of, I think, I think this place actually has become a little bit of a destination kind of place really, because it is a relatively easy walk from the station, yeah. and, and I think people from elsewhere, you know, could get the train in here, and, um, you know, you could spend an afternoon going through this board, I mean, you wouldn't remember much of no. it, because <laughs> there's some well big, beers. big beers, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, um, but there is a move to those lower yeah. alcohol beers. So the dark hot that we've got from Weird Beard at 2.5, and the cloud water that you've just had at 2.5. There is a move yeah. to providing beers that you can 
Have session. a couple of, yeah, yeah. without like properly as... session, not like five or six percent yeah. session. And the Snow yeah, Citra, which I think Simon you had. Yeah, that's the cloud one. Yeah, yeah, full of flavour. Yeah, and and it proves it can be done, and it's 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 something that people have said in the past. It's difficult to get bags of flavour at a low ABV. Yeah, I mean that dark hot flour is. Fantastic beer. Yeah, I've had it before in bottles and stuff. It's it's really really good. So uh, there we go. Well, I think we've got some great beers to be going on with here. So I think we'll kind of uh, wrap it up at this point. Um, so thanks to our listeners for sticking with us. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes will always appear in your podcatcher. Um, please leave us a review because uh, this really helps us time the ratings. Um, a good one if you really want to um and you can follow us on all the socials we're on twitter at beers underscore frontiers we're on facebook instagram and even good old-fashioned email um and if you've got any requests for beers or breweries for us to review in the future or you want to be a guest get in touch and uh, we'll sort something out so cheers, in the meantime everybody. yeah cheers, cheers. cheers.